Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So glad you are hanging out with us here on Emerge. Hanging out with Jason McKenna. Jason, my partner in crime here for all conversations around all things STEM and education. And I, don't, I like hanging out with you, man. It's a good time. How are you doing, Jonathan? I cannot complain. Nice. I cannot complain. Because if I did... No one's going to listen. I mean, it's February in Pittsburgh. Who would complain? Exactly. Right? It's another, another wonderful, beautiful day. <laughs> Actually, I coined a term the other day. I was thinking about February and how much I don't really enjoy it. And I realized there's certain colors I don't like. I'm like, something could be described as a really bad shade of February. Oh, that's good. And I was thinking about that as I was driving down Route 51 heading towards Fayette County. Mm. It was just bleak. Yeah. Just that, you know, the gray trees and the... Gray, gray grass. I was yeah. like, this is like a nasty shade. But we're not. We're here to talk about all happy things and yes. fun stuff going on. Because you brought your brother with you. I did. Yes, you did. I you did. have one Dave McKenna here from CA Technologies. Actually, Broadcom now. Broadcom CA, now. Okay, so okay. CA Technologies was acquired by Broadcom last year. Now it's CA Technologies, a division of oh. Broadcom. Well, I, was, I was halfway right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was. I was okay. on. The, I was on the way to being correct. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And that counts for something, right? right. <laughs> so, what's your background, man? My background. Oh, so. Besides being my brother? Besides yeah. being Jay's brother. Anything else that you have to say? We could probably say. fill 10 podcasts with that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I've worked for uh, CA Technologies slash Legion slash Broadcom for 24 years. Wow. I was originally hired there because I was a Novell certified Ooh. network engineer. Remember those things? Novell servers? Right. Jason has no idea what I'm talking no about. No idea what you're talking about. Um, I've heard about this. Yeah. And I never touched a Novell server once I was hired there. So I started out. Um, Six months after I got hired by a company called Legion, we were acquired by CA, or Computer Associates. Um, and then I kind of pivoted out of my role as a, as a network guy and started writing code. Um, so I spent some time as a developer, spent most of my time as what they call a sustaining engineer, which is the guy that fixes bugs, right? Um, around 2006, 2008, somewhere around there, I was looking for a change. Um, was tired of writing code, was tired of just the whole software development thing. And I... Uh, Started this Agile thing. We're going with this new Agile thing, and I became a Scrum Master. A Scrum Master. And we're going to talk all about what does it mean to be a Scrum Master. In fact, you wrote a book about this. I wrote a book called Art of Scrum. Literally literally wrote the book on it. Uh, (laughs) You wrote the book on it because my book talks more about powerlifting than Scrum. But that's a book. (laughs) That's a different story, yeah. (laughs) And it's not to be confused with the book, Everything You Wanted to Know About Being a Scrum Master, But We're Too Afraid to Ask. No. That's a whole other book. Whole other book. Yes. Um, So... I graduated from being a scrum master to being what's called an agile coach, which we'll also talk about later. Because there's a difference. There's a difference. And I did perform in 2016 at CA World 2016 in Las Vegas as the world's strongest mainframer. Oh, wow. Wait, let's wait. Hold on. we got to talk about this, That is impressive. Yeah. So So what constitutes being the strongest mainframer? So what I did, you know, I... uh, like I said, I have strange hobbies. I was a powerlifter for a lot of <laughs> years. Strange fact, my, hobbies. my little brother helped me out with my powerlifting career. And, you know, did I you, started... Did you power slam him many times no, as a kid? No, Mostly what he did was yell at me because I, I am lazy. I, I carried his bag. That was pretty much <laughs> well, it. Well, no, you, actually, you would actually remind me all the time that I was, I was really lazy and I had to yeah, work that's, harder. That's so true. That was, that was his job. That's true. Um, I also... Uh, so I learned... I picked up some skills along the way. So 
for the, to become the world's strongest mainframer, my my hook was, as an agile coach, I take things that are rigid and unbending and, and make, them, them. make them flexible. So I, I rolled uh, eight, I rolled eight frying pans, I ripped eight phone books in half, and I bent a uh, half-inch steel rod in my mouth. In your mouth? Yeah. Turned into a pretzel. <laughs> Did you eat the pretzel? I, didn't eat <laughs> I can't. I can't eat the. That would so be impressive. So that was. That. So that was 2016. That was 2016. I'm a little afraid. Right has now, anyone? Geez. Has anyone tried to <laughs> knock you off of your perch? Not that I know of. In 17 or 18. Not no, that I no, know. So of, no. you're, you're still undisputed. I'm, I think so. It's impressive. We'll, we'll say. Well, impressive. what if someone went and tore nine phone books? Yeah, that, yeah. I. I don't know. You know, because I'm older now. You know, I'm trying to. I'm so trying to. Did you take eight one by one or one by one stacked up? You just kept tearing. You know, the the secrets how you bend the book back so you get a good starting point and you just start tearing. So that's the way you could do that. So there's a way you could there's a way you can actually manipulate the book and cheat and rip it, but I don't do it. I rip it from the spine, the hard work. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Dang, but we'll have, we'll have to do a podcast on how to tear a phone book. I'm we asking nothing but nice questions. It has to be a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a little video afraid. Video podcast. There, yeah. you go. there you go. There you go. So, you know, I, uh, like I said, I have strange hobbies. And I do not use any of my, my bar bending tricks to, to uh, you know, convince teams to follow me. I, I, I use would. the coaching thing. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would yeah. totally, man. Yeah. Like, look, do you want me to make <laughs> yeah, straighten up? Or, you want me yeah. to break something around here? Yeah. I'm willing to do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, get this thing rolling for so, us. Man. So, what's interesting of, uh, to me, uh, I, as, as we have talked about on previous podcasts, we went through an agile transformation at RoboMatter. And uh, as I was trying to learn everything I could on it, one of the things I did is I went to a Scrum Master training. Uh, one of the local trainings they had here uh, it was a two day training. I forget where it was here downtown. Um, but I was shocked by the fact that there were a lot of recent college graduates there. Uh, most of them had business degrees. Uh, some of them even had, you know, graduate level degrees. Here's me, you know, the former sixth grade teacher. Uh, and these folks knew nothing about how to be a scrum master. Uh, but they knew it was something they had to learn how to do because it was a good chance that they were going to get hired and be asked to do this mm-hmm. from like a business leadership perspective. <clears throat> so I was absolutely floored by the fact that these people were coming fresh out of college from very good schools and they had no idea how to do this. That's number one. Number two, as I've gone on and I've talked about this with folks, the amount of people that I've talked to and I've said, hey, uh, yeah, you know, we're looking for a scrum master at RoboMatter. What's that? And I kind of explain it to them. They're like, hey, that sounds really interesting. That's something that I might mm-hmm. like to do or enjoy to do. So um, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh looking for scrum masters right now. Uh, so what exactly is a Scrum Master? What do they do uh, working with uh, software development teams or any kind of team? So I would say, you know, not to, because I know you, you were probably better suited for the Scrum Master role than anybody else in that class, even folks with MBAs, because you've coached. Yes. The sports coach, right? You were a football coach for a long time. Now, there's a fine line here. You can't go Woody Hayes on people and throw chairs no. at them. But no. <laughs> If only but you could. Just, right? just, just, for, you could, just right? for the record, I've never done that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, what I call a scrum master, and you're going to laugh at this, I call a scrum master the team mom. Okay? How about the team dad? We'll call her team dad. Okay. But mom's better because dad usually yells at you or mom. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Okay? Yeah, and here's you. the point. The point is that, um, you know, you, you create these, these cross-functional self-organizing teams as part of scrum. And a cross-functional team means you have all the skills necessary to get the job done. And you're self-organized. You no longer have a development manager. For so long, when I worked in software, de- software development, you had a development manager. And his job was to, get th- to tell you how to do your job, basically. He said, this is what you're going to code. This is the language you're going to code in. This is, they, he did code reviews for everybody. And he basically domineered over the team. And 
the, 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 the one of the hence the word master, right? Has, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the transformational things about Scrum is the fact that we realize that the software developers are the experts. Let them make the decision. Right. right? They're in the middle of the coding, right? And in, in the thick of it. Yeah. That's the good part. The bad part is that these are very linear, very focused people, right? And I always make this joke. So I was speaking at a, uh, at a conference, and I got up in front of a room of about 50 people, and I said, what does a developer, a software developer produce? Right? Everybody said code. And I said, no. If you're producing code, you're going to starve. You need to produce value. Mm, right? I like, the, I like I that can, twist. I, I like can write the twist. most eloquent, best commented, best looking code in the world. If nobody wants to use it, I've wasted my time. Exactly. Right? Unfortunately, most software developers I know are kind of like Golem from Lord of the Rings. My precious, my code. Oh, my code. <laughs> right? That's all they care about is code. Um, and they need, the, they need to understand that they need to provide value quickly. Right, and that's what kind of what a scrum master is there for. The to scrum get that master value. is there yeah. to to allow the developer to focus. So you know he takes care of all the any kind of impediments that the team may have. Right. So if my laptop dies, um, it's the scrum master. I need more cheers and Mountain Dew. Stat. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Right. But that's it, though. That the scrum master. I need donuts. Joke, I need donuts. Plan. I need whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The going joke with my team is the scrum master buys the donuts. Yeah. Because um, you're there to make the team able to do their focus on. Their job, right? right. You, know, you keep the, you keep outside distractions at bay. You know that, that annoying salesperson. Let them do what they do best. That wants to come in and say, "Hey, I, I can get this deal if you write this feature for me." That kind of stuff has to go through the PO. It's a scrum master's job to, to, to focus right. that elsewhere. But it's also about keeping the team focused, right? Um, focused on value. Fo- well, we focused on value. Yeah. Here's here's how you focus on value, right? Um, I I often tell people that I can make I can make your team more productive in about an hour, if you let me. And here's how. You need to focus on getting done, right? So here's kind of the way the Scrum process works in my mind. Your product owner, who's the guy who owns the work, right? He, he's, not, he's not the new development manager. He basically manages the backlog, the backlog of work that's flowing through the team. Yeah, right? let's, 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 kinda, let's pause there for one second, Dave, because I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's an important point uh, that you've kind of touched upon, but I want to make a little bit more explicit. Yeah. Uh, most agile organizations are flat. Yep. So yep. the product owner is not the boss of the product team, and the scrum master is not the boss of the product team. The product owner's job is to maximize the value of the product, and the scrum master's job is to maximize, essentially, the, 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 the efficiency of the team or what, or what the team is doing. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, no one is the boss of anyone. Um, and that's important because, you know, my, my old boss, Skip Smith, you say all the time, it's no one's job to make sure that someone else is doing their job. Right. Um, and so and that's why the Scrum Master rule yeah. is so important, because now all of a sudden, someone has to make sure that the wheels are turning, right? So you have the product owner who's responsible for basically, they call him a product owner for a reason, who's responsible for the value being generated. And he has this thing called a backlog, which has stories in it, which are little chunks of functionality that the team decides what they're going to work on, right? But the problem is that they speak different languages. Usually, right? So the product owner comes up with this hypothesis. I like to call it this way. I have this idea of something I'm going to, I want to build, right? And he takes it to the team, and the team tells him basically how they're going to build it. It's a discovery event. That's the self-organizing part. That's the self-organizing part. So here's, here's what I like to say. Product owner walks through and says, hey, guys, I want you to build me a car. Big example, but just go with me here, right? Um, the team goes, okay. What do you mean, car? What do you want? Right? I mean, do you want a BMW? Do you want a Volkswagen? Do you want a, a Tesla? Ooh, yeah, build me a Tesla. That's cool. You know, Teslas are cool. That's your cars. All gizzy. Okay, but we don't have the skills to build a Tesla. You know, we, we know how to build gasoline engines. Okay, so tell me how long it's going to take you to get the skills to build a Tesla. Okay, we think we can get the skills 
And how long is it going to take me to build a car then? Okay, so I think within a year we can build you a Tesla. And the pilot kind of goes, cool, right? That's how that negotiation should happen. But you don't want to wait a year until you get your car, right? And here's where the whole thing comes into play. So I coach a team. I say, I can probably get, make your team more efficient in an hour. Here's how it works. Get the most important thing done. Makes sense. Human beings, right, right, right. we value busyness. How many yeah. times have you heard, I'm busy, I'm busy, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm busy, I'm really busy. Point. I got yeah. this stack of stuff done. Yeah. But guess what? Busy doesn't fix anything, right? It makes One you of, feel important. That's about it. It makes you feel important. <laughs> or, you know, I, I think it's our old Pittsburgh lunch pill mentality around yeah. here. You know, be busy when the boss comes by. That kind of stuff. My, my, my dad just told me that all the time. Be busy when the boss comes by, right? Our dad owned the construction company. And uh, I think I either saved Jason from this or ruined it forever. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was, when I was like... 10 years old, my grandfather decided it was time for me to go learn a trade. So I went to work with my dad, and it was horrible because all I, would, I wanted to play baseball all summer, and I'm working at a construction site, right? So that's what my dad used to say. And that basically, it helped me because I said, I am not doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I've gotten the software. Yeah. And I, I saved Jason because they hated working with me because I didn't want to do it, right? So <laughs> yeah. no, none of my brothers got to do that, which was great. But that was something they always told me. Be busy when your grandfather comes around. He's the boss. Don't be sitting around when the boss shows up, right? Be busy. Be busy. But the thing is, um, we all have more work to do than we could possibly do. So the idea is work on the most important thing and get that going until it's done, right? And that's where the definition of done comes into play. What's the definition of done? It seems pretty simple, stupid that I have to tell a bunch of college-educated people what done means. Well, you, you have to, especially because when you're dealing with software, most of the time it's... It's, it's, it's the code thing. It's, right? a co- it's the code it's thing. It's the code thing again. So. Done doesn't mean it compiled. Because you're, you're not making, you're not making <laughs> something physical. Yeah. Right? If, you're, if you're making a widget, it's really easy to say that it has to be this tall, has to be this wide, has to do X, Y, and Z. When you're working with software, which is a lot more abstract, right? there's a lot more gray area there. So Does you have, done mean it works? It functions the way we thought it should? Or? Done means it's code complete, it's checked in, it's tested, it's documented, and it's, it has the ability to be given to somebody. It's potentially so it's shippable. Potentially yeah. shippable. Yeah. Okay? You can go to QA. That QA is done. It's even all right there. Done. Okay. Yeah. Right? What that mean, when I mean, when I say done, I mean done. Done. Okay. Because if you get, if you have, say, twenty things to do in a sprint, and you get the most important thing done and nothing else because you know, change happens. Stuff right? happens. Stuff happens. Yeah. Right. It's still success because you got the most important thing done. But one of my favorite sayings: It's better to have fifty percent of your work one hundred percent done than one hundred percent of your work. 50% done. I like that mentality, man. Right? That's smart. Yeah. Get it done. Dig it. So let's, let's, let's drill down. I think you made – I love the analogy with the car. Uh, I'm going to push back on a little yep. bit. You said that the product owner would come in and tell the team, uh, I want a car. I think a lot of product owners would say that. Yeah. I think a really good product owner would say, hey, guys, I got a customer that wants to get from point A to point B comfortably. Yeah. I need you to build a solution for Remember that. I said that was a bad analogy because it was too big? Yeah. So in order to get the most important work done, you have to get your work broken down in a small, itty-bitty, the smallest chunk possible where it still provides value. Or it follows the invest model, right? It's yeah. independent, it's negotiable, blah, 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 blah. You can look that up on the internet. But here's the bottom line. You need to keep that work small because small work allows you to pivot. If I was going to build a car and that was my story, build me a car, it's going to take a year. And, and yeah, I'm and, never going to be able to and, get that. And the done. problem that you, when you, you made a great point earlier when you talked about how developers are very linear, they're very focused. When you give that task or that idea to a developer and it's that big, they're automatically going to start thinking they're, about all the tactical stuff. They're going to waterfall it. All, all the tactical stuff I need to do in order to be able to build that. Yep. Uh, but instead, like you said, if, if, you, if you gauge it like a hypothesis, you're like, hey, you know what? I think that we can get people, you know, easily and quickly from point A to point B. How can we get them to do that? 
the job of the scrum master is to take that idea and to try to sculpt it in a way that it makes sense for the team they can get something done. So there's that, there's that great visual. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the guy's name who made it. Um, but it has, you know, on the top, the, uh, the half-built car right. with the X through it and the yeah. three-quarter. But yeah. instead, at the bottom left-hand corner, you have the skateboard. Yep, right? skateboard, the scooter, the motorcycle. Exactly, because right? the skateboard can get me from point A to point B. And that's the idea. Because and, here's that, the and that's what the Scrum Master does. He said, hey, guys, how about we make a skateboard? Mm-hmm. Let's work on that first. And let's, let's decide what done is for the skateboard. Right. It's all, I'll, I'll communicate that back to the product owner. Hey, product owner, you know, you're not going to get a car in two weeks, right? <laughs> right. But I'm going to give you a skateboard. And that's, that's the interesting thing about the yin and the yang between it's a flat organization. It's the job of the product owner to always ask for more. It's the job of the scrum master to protect the team. Yep. The scrum master says, hey, I can get you a skateboard. Let's test that. And it's that tension yeah. that creates greatness. Exactly. Uh, say, look at look at look music. Uh, look, look at like the very police. interesting. Yeah, it's the, the, the tension. That's where the, yeah. the sparks. And happen, that's why right? it's important that no one can be no one's boss. Right. Because if I'm the product owner and I'm the boss, and I say I want this, people are going to be like, "Oh, we got to give Jason this." That's why a manager cannot be a scrum master. Yeah. Because the exactly team has to right. see a, the team has to see a scrum master as a peer. Right. He's a member of a team. He doesn't control my paycheck. Exactly. Because if the guy that controls my paycheck all of a sudden is telling me I have to do something, I'm going to do it. It's a different mind frame at that point. Right. right. And that You're tension, going to look busy a lot. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. And that tension creates greatness. Right. So I always point out the, the, uh, the band, the police. Right. Sting and Stuart Copeland hated each other. They got to the point where they didn't speak to each other yeah. over the past three albums. That, that tension created awesome music. That tension awesome created music. awesome music. Right. And the same thing with the part of the should always be pushing for more. The team and the scrum master should always push back and say, this is what we can do. And then maybe the scrum master challenges the team to see if they can do so, a little more. So if, right? if, if I'm the product owner, I come to you, Dave, and I say, hey, listen, I need, I need something that's going to give, you know, get this customer from point A to point B quickly, blah, 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 whatever those things are. You come back and you say, hey, I can get you this thing that's like a skateboard. And I'm like, that's it? Yeah, but, but let's, and but you let's, say, have the, let's have the customer tell exactly, us what the skateboard is like. Exactly, that, exactly. So we just touched on who the, who the boss truly is. Yeah, it's the customer. It's the, customer. It's yeah, the person exactly who's right. actually going to pay for your software, right? right? I always say, you know, one of the things I always get from teams, when we, so we say that you should have short iterations, our little time box, like two weeks, right? Always the shortest iteration possible to get the work done to show the customer something they can play with. And teams always tell me, well, customers don't want to, they have day jobs. They don't want to come and see our stuff every two weeks. And I'll say, then you're building the wrong thing. Uh-huh. I like it. Car analogy again. If I'm going to go buy a Corvette and the Chevy factory tells me I can come down to the factory anytime and watch my car getting built, I'm going to be there. I'm going to check it out. As much as possible. Absolutely. Right? That's kind of the, that's, that's what you want. That's the buzz. That's the interest you want to get from your Love customers it. when you're building yeah. this stuff. Well, so being a scrum master, this is, I mean, I can see why they're in such demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's such a unique skill set. And that's where, the, that's where the problem – remember how I said Jason would make a great scrum master because he was a football coach? Right. You need the soft skills. Exactly. You need right? the interpersonal the, the skills. interpersonal skills. you got to have those soft skills. Which because, are so tough to find. You know, because people – okay, it's, it was Monday today, right? So I'm sure somebody showed up at the office really mad because – The some, power was out. The power was out of the home. <laughs> and they had to – you know, and, they, and their, their, their iPhone was like at 5% when they got to the office, and I'm glad they can charge it. And they – you know, they take a shower and they dress them with dark. They got mismatched socks on. They're mad because of that. Some people get mad because someone took their parking space, even though the parking space aren't assigned. It's just the parking space he parks in every day, and somebody was there this morning, right? I went to get coffee in the coffee room, and somebody put a pot back on the burner with no coffee in it. I had to, go, I had to wait an extra, you know, what, two minutes to make, make coffee. That's the kind of stuff where a scrum master has to understand the interpersonal 
inter, the weaving of the team, right? Um, and that's where the team building stuff comes into play, and that's where the coaching part of it comes. Do right? teams change up a lot, though? I mean, are you you want to try to have them not? Yeah, right? I was gonna say you kind of want to get a group of folks. So it's it's like when the police come together, right? You know who's playing bass, you know who's playing drums all the time. Exactly. So one of my one of my uh, foundational things I like to say to all these teams: any any anytime anything changes on a team, somebody leaves, somebody comes in, you get a new scrum master, get a new product owner, whatever. You should do some kind of team building exercise to try to get yeah. that foundation, get that back, trust right? going on, and yeah, and, and, you know, and, camaraderie, and, 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 and you won't talk to developers hating things they hate team building exercises until you do them, right? Because the, once again, anytime, <laughs> not, anytime not spending running code is a waste of time. Just tell but, them it's an escape room. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, it is. Here's here. This is this is not politically correct, but bah. are most, we politically correct? Really? Most, I would, I would, I would make it. I would. I'm willing to say. I'm willing to make a bet that most developers have never been on a team sport. Exactly. So and they, they, don't, so, they don't really know what it's like to be on a team. Okay, so I'll peek behind the curtain. Little brother here was a teacher for a long time, and he gets into this role. He's an, he's an agile role. So he's got this agile coach and a family, so I'm getting phone calls. One of the things he <laughs> told me was, he's like, Dave, I've been using sports analogies with these guys. Yeah. They don't get it. Yeah, they don't they get don't, it. They, they totally don't. And I'm like, don't try get Dungeons it. and Dragons analogies. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, yeah, that's a great point. Or Fortnite, actually, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but it comes down to the thing where, and this, this is part of, just to segue to the coach for a second, this is where being a coach is different because you're speaking different languages to different folks at different levels, right? Um, team is always is all about work. So very tactical. Very tactical. You're talking about time. You're talking about, you know, work and all that kind of, you know, I'm, I'm saying things like story points don't equate the time and don't worry, you know, let's, let's worry about getting, the, let's get the most important work done. And executives worry about money. Right. So I'm talking about things like return on investment. And all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you see, so you're, you're always playing to a different audience. You though. have to. And That's you have to understand, to. if I go to an executive and talk about time, he's not going to care. These guys are going to glass over. He's got to, you know, because executives are all, right? So I have to get in there and talk about the money right away. Whereas with teams, I have more time to talk to them and, and explain to them, but they, they, don't wanna, they don't care about they don't hear about money. They want to hear about the work that has to get done. Their and precious the work code. Done. Yeah, and their code. Exactly. Their precious code, right? So what's the difference then between a coach and a scrum master? So a scrum master... He worries about the team. So he's okay. worried about team transformation, team mastery, that yeah. kind of stuff. Where a coach is more, more concerned with organizational transformation. Ah, right? okay. So one of the big mistakes we made at my CA Technologies company was is that the teams, we, we focused on team agility. And the teams got really, really agile. But it turned into a, a bunch of really, really agile teams in a very unagile organization. Ooh, that's interesting. Huh. Right? So it was like grinding gears. I was all gonna say the that's, time, that's right. Hmm. So for example, these we would you know, these teams are putting out software quickly and they're they're trying to get stuff into customers' hands really quick. And then the folks in leadership said, Well, we have to have all these folks sign what we call beta agreements. So, you know, back in the waterfall days, the waterfall is the linear process we used before agile, right? We would get to the point where we wanted the customer to test our code, so we had this big release, and we had them sign basically their life away with what they called a beta agreement. So said it, it basically was a bunch of legalese saying, you put this on your system, and it blows your system up, we're not liable, <laughs> exactly. blah, 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 blah. And they would, right. and okay, so we're trying, they've tried to use that standard beta agreement for every two weeks at a, at a sprint demo, and the customer's like, I'm not signing that. Or right. I have to go get my legal department to look at it, we have to have six months of rag. That'll gum it up right? for a while, right. And that's the kind of stuff we have, we had where it was a very unagile organization with very agile teams. So transform, for organizational transformation, you got to start to think about alignment, right? So you have to talk to that executive and say, look, um, let's, I understand you have strategic themes for the company where you want to be in 10 years. What do you want to do for the next three months? Does that blow their <laughs> mind a little bit to be thinking that short term? It does. It does. And what, what blows their mind is, you know, I'll be like, so do you really think we can get 26 things done in the, in the next three months? How about four? 
once again, it's what's the most important. So you got to be like a master negotiator. Too. You have to. You have yeah. to because you know everybody is always pushing for more, 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 and you're like, okay, let's let's be let's be predictable what we can deliver, right? Um, what I like to tell leadership when I'm talking to them about about these agile teams is, um, if you stress out on an agile team, the wheels fall off, and you end up with them getting nothing done. Or they're working nights and weekends to get things done, and then people quit. Yeah, don't want people, to deal with that, right? people burn up on that. Um, and, you know, they use the R word, the word I hate, resources. Right? Well, what about resources? And I, I, one time, a total executive, a resource is something you use up and throw away like toilet paper. <laughs> Do not call me a resource. <laughs> right? I'm a human being. I'm a person. Right? I have a family. I got, I'm, I'm I've human got a, capital, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I've got a dog and my three cats, thanks to my daughters. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, so the biggest thing the team can be is predictable in the amount of work they can get done. The biggest thing the business can be is predictable about how much value we can generate each quarter. But start to make them think about that. And, you know, once again, it's about what's most important, right? So you sit, you sit in front of a bunch of executives and you say, what's the most important stuff we can get done? What's going to, you know, and they're, they're worried about how can we disrupt, disrupt the business? How can we make money? How can we displace our competitors? Okay, so what's the most important? Out of all the stuff you put up there is the themes you want to work on. What's the most important stuff you think that we And then we have arguments about what's more important and what's not, but there's techniques you can use gotcha. to get them around that. And that's the big wow. thing that Scrum Master is. So, like, um, at the team level, same thing. Facilitation is huge, right? Because the first thing, so, okay, so when you, when you first walked up and we started, you know, so I, like Jason, took a two-day Scrum Master class, and I came back with my, my certification. I was going to change Does that the make world. you an actual Scrum Master at no. that point? Because it seems no. like this so is such important work. You need more than a two-day course. Makes you certified. So I, you <laughs> Just know, certified. It means I owe Scrum Alliance 90 bucks every year. But certified. It comes back and it right. says, okay, I'm a Scrum Master. I'm going to make this team agile. And it was a train wreck, man. I, I often say I should buy my first team, like, lunch or something because I was a, I was a hot mess. But you learn, right? It's all about inspecting and adapting. And that's the biggest thing for a Scrum Master and a coach is you want to – have that culture of continuous improvement. So um, one of the things that my mentor told me the whole time was don't boil the ocean, right? Pick something and get a great agreement that we're going to, this is what we're going to work on and then do what you need to do. I mean, to it flows that exactly what you're talking to earlier, being able to get that success, get, get, that, those, success. get that stuff completed right. and done. And then what I found most, most valuable as a scrum master during those early years, because, you know, nobody wanted to do this. Right? They couldn't see the forest for the trees because they got blinders on their individual work. They don't understand what this agile thing means. They don't understand how valuable it would be. So you're getting pushback all the time. So what you do is what I call beaconing, which is something goes right. Great. No matter if the world's on fire, you keep pointing at that thing that went right and say, look, we can do this. We did that, right? Why can't we do this again, right? Something went right. Let's continue to build on that positivity and build on that. And it worked. Remember, I'm working with mainframe teams. Some of these products were older than me with mountains of technical debt, right? Guys that have been working on this product for 20, maybe 30 years, right? And you walk in there and say, let's change the way we work, guys. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Let's do it all different. Yeah. <laughs> well, do that. But so you have to be almost a salesman. But you have to make, people, make them understand and make them see the value in what they're doing. And once they see the value and they get on board, it's great. Stuff works out, works out pretty awesome. I tell, I'm just learning so much here. I mean, it's like... Well, I have nothing but more and more respect for these types of positions because I feel like you're in between a lot of tension. And, <laughs> and, uh, and it takes a special yeah, kind of person. Like I said, right. you, can't put, you can't put a person that is, is, doesn't have the people skills right. or the soft skills in a position like this because they're going to fail because they're not going to know how to handle this kind of stuff. But I think it's so important that even if you don't want to become a professional scrum master or, a, or, a, or an agile coach, just having the 
background and the mindset for this mm-hmm. I think is pretty important just to navigate through life in general because I think it, it makes you get along with people and incentivize and to you know, be rational and look at getting things done and completed. And, it, and that's what changed me. Right. Uh, so what, what, what we've, the biggest impact on me in my career was I took a, uh, a course from – actually a, a certification from Agile Coaching, Agile Coaching Institute. Lisa, it used to be Lisa Atkinson's group. I think they got sold to somebody else at this point. But fast forward, they, they kind of talked about the fact that coaching is more – and they talk about the, your coaching stance, right? So coaching is more than walking in and saying, do it this way. So you can be – the lean agile expert, the person that walks in and you start to talk about this is why we do this and this is why, you know, this is why lean says every new line of code is a potential bug. So you have to look at it, you know, and people, no, think about it, right? Um, especially when you're dealing with a, with a product that's very established. Um, or you can be the coach. Now, coaching is different from telling. So a coaching situation is kind of like, <clears throat> what can you say? Uh, so why do you think we're, we're struggling to get stories done every sprint? You know, let them talk. They'll say things like, well, maybe, maybe the work's too big, yeah. right? And you'll say one of, the, one of the, the best pieces of advice I got was you have to become comfortable with uncomfortable silence. Yep. Because uh, even if you know the answer, yeah. if I tell you to do it, great. You might do it, you might not. But if I coach it out of you and you say the answer, now you own it. Exactly. It's yours. Yep, right? it's yours. And you're, gonna, and you're going Good to be point. more invested in getting that done. Um, the example I like to give a lot is baseball, right? So I go to, go to I'm coaching somebody baseball, and I say, well, "Why do you think you swing at the first pitch all the time?" And I know, you know, the, the pitcher knows he's going to th- swing at the first pitch, so he's going to throw him something he's not going to expect. And eventually, you get to the point where he goes, "Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should wait and take that first pitch and see what the pitcher's going to throw me." You think it's a good idea? Yeah, maybe it is. You know, and then all of a sudden, he's not swinging at the first pitch all the time anymore. That's the idea. Is that coaching is my personal. And it's in my book. My personal motto with coaching is everybody in, on this planet has something of value to give. It's my job as a coach to bring it out of you, right? doesn't matter. Um, I've had folks that, you know, they just couldn't – they just didn't have people skills. They couldn't get along with anybody, right? And, and, or I had the, what I call the queen bee syndrome, the person who was the expert and everything, right? And I remember I, I, was, I was talking to this one guy, and he didn't even work for the company I was working with. He was somebody else. I was just, you know – talking to him and he goes I just don't understand why this let me go let me go off and do my work and I said hey you know what do you like taking vacation like what he goes well yeah I do but I can't because uh-huh you can't why well because I I'm the guy I'm the guy that knows this stuff and I said wouldn't it make sense to like push that off, push that off a little bit and let somebody else own that yeah. so you can take that's some a, time off right yeah that, that, that's a great point because one of the things you know uh, that's counterintuitive just from a business standpoint, um, everything that you're told and whatnot, you know, really the job of the, of the scrum master is to make himself not needed. Exactly. Him Working yourself out of the job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which a lot of people just, just don't get, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But if you're, uh, the analogy I use all the time, you're like an umpire in baseball. Uh, if you're doing your job well, no one notices you. And for, for people that are like, quote unquote, want to want to climb the corporate ladder, like they don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, Good point. They want to be noticed. Good point. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So, so you actually have to be very, very confident in yourself uh, to be able to go in and say, hey, I'm going to do this job. In this job, I'm going to make myself no longer needed. And in the process of doing that with this specific job, just kind of how you went from a scrum master to an agile coach, I will show my value in this way, and it, and it will be reciprocated, and I will be able to grow. It's one of two things: somehow, you're, going to grow, you're going to grow in the same company, or you're going to find another company that wants you because you've done it before. Right? Yeah, and that's and that's the pitch that we use with a lot of folks at Rubber Matter. Is you know, uh, we've had a lot of folks that um, 
you know, when I say stuff like, hey, you know, we, we need something potentially shippable here in two weeks, if it's a new person, you know, they look at me like I have nine heads. Like, you know, that's crazy. And, you know, um, you, you come up with all these sayings you know, as, as you work with these teams. Like, when, you know, a team will come back and, and they'll say, because they obviously know I don't have a software background, and they'll be like, well, Jason, you know, that's, that's hard to do. You know, my, my retort back is always, well, good thing we get paid to do the easy things. And the hard things. Well, my, right? retort is, <laughs> my retort is, it's just work. It's yeah. just work. Get so, over it. Right? So, it's just work. You know, but when you, and, and I, I did learn this from coaching football, when you, when you say it to someone, you always have to follow up with them, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and say, hey, you, that what, I hope what you're, what you're, what you're understanding here and what you're realizing here is what you're learning here, you're learning a lot more than just coding. Mm-hmm. You're learning a lot of stuff here that's going to make you uh, a very valuable. Uh, you're just growing as an you're growing as a person. Uh, you're growing as a developer, and, and then what you're learning there is going to take you. And who knows what direction? Right. Like, like you said, you might in ten years you may not want to code anymore, it's, and, and then you'll have an opportunity. It seems like a natural that. next step. I mean, if you're someone that's into that and you realize you grow and you change, here's a great opportunity to yeah. take your coding yeah. skills and then apply it towards a higher good. It, it comes down to the whole thing where you know it's all about. And I'll back to the construction stuff, right? I can pay you by the brick, I can pay you by the hour. Which yeah. one are you more which one are which one are you more comfortable with? Because if I pay you by the brick and you're just gonna try to get things done as fast as possible, the quality may not be there, right? If I pay you by the hour, you might take so much time building something, it's not gonna be feasible for me to get there because it's gonna take too long. I won't be able to sell right. my building, right? right? So it comes <clears> down to that thing. So the scrum master's there to maybe encourage everybody, no matter how they're doing or what they're doing, to do it the better way, right? Because people fall, and I, this is what I call edge behavior. And when I first get scrum masters and I start to talk to them, I talk about this. So edge behavior works like this. Um, your place of, let's say you have a building, let's say it's a five-story building and you have a ledge, right? And your place of comfort is way back away from that ledge. But where you want to get to is over the edge on the sidewalk down below. So some people look over that edge and they say, what's scary? They run back to their place of comfort. Some people get a rope and start down the side of the building, and they get scared and come back up their place of comfort. Some people end up on the sidewalk, but then some hassle happens, and they go back to what's comfortable, their place of comfort. So as a scrum, I coach my scrum masters to look for that edge behavior and coach them, coach whoever is experiencing it through it. Hmm. Because, you know, yeah. the, big, the big thing about Agile, if you ask me what is Agile, I'll say it's, it's, it's all this stuff. It's about, you know, sort time boxes and delivering stuff to customers and getting customer feedback and all this stuff. It's about, it is, it's about responding to change. The one thing that That's we've learned right. is nothing ever goes as planned. You ever heard the thing, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans? It's true. Right? <laughs> exactly. nothing, ever goes, nothing ever goes as planned. Right? And embracing change means that we, no matter what hits us, you can react and we can still pivot make and, it happen. and deliver that right. value. Right? Absolutely. And sometimes we're going from skateboard to car, and yeah. the customer says, you know what, I, need, I, need, I like your skateboard, but I need to really get a whole bunch of people to that, across that thing. I'm thinking or helicopter with 20 seats. Maybe, or bus, <laughs> yeah. right? But, and that's the, but that's the conversation we have with the customer, because usually the way you envision it is not the way it ends up. Here's a great story um, that, that kind of puts this into place. Hopefully I can. So I used to work on a product called Automation Point. It was what they called an off-board automation platform for mainframe. What it basically means, we hook the mainframes, we brought up consoles, we've read messages, right? We scrape screens. And, you know, as we, as we, as the product evolved, we added not only the traditional RS-232 green screens, we added other stuff, RS-232, like Telnet ports and stuff, right? So, um, I'm working as a sustaining engineer, I'm fixing bugs, I get a phone call from a local convenience store here, which I won't mention on the air, but basically they called me and said, hey Dave, 
Automation points down. I can't monitor my coolers anymore. I went, cool. You got a lot of popsicles that are ready to melt. But I'm like, uh, last time I checked, coolers didn't run on mainframes. What are you talking about? You monitor coolers. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, we, 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 did a, you know, we were checking out all these software programs to monitor our coolers, and we had this you know, request for, for pricing out. And I figured out that I can get my soldering gun out, and I can solder up a two, RS-232 cable. <laughs> one end goes in the cooler. Oh one end goes automation point. The cooler thinks automation points a printer, so every 15 minutes he spits out the temperature. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So the moral of the story is customers yeah. use your products in ways you never thought of to solve problems you never heard of. So be right? flexible and be ready to prepare so if, you think you're the, so if you think you're the expert, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> I love it. That's why you have to get that customer. I tell you what, Dave, I love your no-nonsense way. And I, I really want to encourage people to – Check out your book and learn more about this, The Art of Scrum. The Art of Scrum. By Dave yeah. McKenna. If you go to Amazon, you can find it there. It's right there on Amazon. That's what I'm talking about. The first book that pops up is Sutherland's book. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, but okay. the, the yeah. mine's second. So, yeah. Yeah, well, go to that second one because, I mean, I've learned so much about Scrum and, and, and Agile coaching. And I think it's just I'm hoping our listeners here picked up a, a couple – Top tips. Anything we can leave our, our listeners with? Just r- real quick, Dave. If, if you know someone's listening to this podcast, like yeah, this Scrum Master thing um, sounds great. I, you know, like Jonathan said, number one, buy your book. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but then, like, how would I go about actually actioning this if I wanted to go like take one of these two day workshops? Yeah, I would definitely like that. Uh, check out the two day workshops. They're everywhere. Just search for Certified Scrum Master. There's some by. Um, scrum.org, scrum.org. Scrum um, you can get you can get certified as a uh, as a if, depending what your, your business is doing that you want to work in you can get certified as a scrum master through safe scout agile yeah all that stuff um take the course and then get plugged in with a group of like-minded people like here in pittsburgh we do have a agile meetup that happens once a month come out and talk to us um it helps so what i do at my scrum masters as an agile coach is once a week i have what i call a community of practice meeting where i bring them all into a room and if they're not physically with me, we'll, we'll dial them in, and we'll bend talk some about pipes it. up in the knots, um, rip some phone books, some phone books try to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Get down to it. But most importantly, it's talk about what struggles you're having, right? And you know, groupthink. Let's get everybody's Love perspective it. on what's going on. Because what what I've found, um, and one of the things why, why being a facilitator is so important, and maybe we'll talk about this on a later podcast. Facilitation is huge because you want all voices in the room. Right? That's a whole other thing by itself. And for I've sure. always said, I can say the dumbest thing you've ever heard. And Jason's heard me say it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> a few times. A few times. <laughs> but what I said isn't necessarily that important. My perspective is. Very right. Cool. And that perspective provides richness to what, what we're talking right. about. Right. Oh, that's so and cool. And that's why all voices in a room is, is hugely important. When, and, and, you know, what people like to say all the time when they start Agile is there's too many meetings. Right, we have a daily scrum, right, a daily right. stand-up. What are the what are every day, right? Yeah. And my point is, if the meetings aren't valuable, don't complain about the meeting. Look at why they're not valuable. Love right? it, man. You're and always turning all, it inside out. And I all voices it. in the room is huge because that so is cool. what – there's always somebody that doesn't want to talk because they feel they're going to get shot it down. There's right. some people that don't want to talk just because that's not their nature. There's some people that want to talk the whole time. Exactly. And you have – and facilitation means you're skilled and able to, and able to make all that work together for the good of the team. Absolutely. Right? So the biggest thing is, yeah, you want to get involved, um, get certified, find a local meetup. If you're not in Pittsburgh, there's meetups all across the country. I've spoken to a lot of them. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm in the city, I'll, just, I'll, find, I'll find the Angel meetup and go show up and speak. The other thing is, this stuff works. 
I think it does. It's taken. It's not only software anymore. Yeah. It's taken over the whole. Well, world. I was going to say it's, it's applied towards all types of right. all types of. Uh, so areas. don't uh, don't be discouraged because you know there are times when you know it's Tough just like job, man. Yeah. you go home and you're like oh because because it's, it's all people stuff. It's all, a lot of it's soft skills. Yeah, in it's fact, all, yeah. Um, a lot of the folks that I've trained as scrum masters don't have software backgrounds like Jason. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's they okay. Got, they got those important. In fact, sometimes I think that's I think that that's that's an advantage. Because Makes the team sense. can't BS you. You don't, you don't, yeah, don't get dragged down into the minutia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And you, and you get to focus on the agile stuff, right? Absolutely. But it's there, and it's, it's doable, and it's, I think it's a rewarding career. It really is. For I sure. think that uh, this is the kind of career that people that would not, wouldn't necessarily see themselves in a traditional software company can not only find their way in, but be amazingly effective at helping the team. Absolutely. And helping the company produce that value. Super, super so. cool. I tell you what. Dave McKenna, The Art of Scrum. Check it out. Hanging out with Jason McKenna, his little brother. (laughs) (laughs) Too much fun. I love having these conversations. It's so much fun with Robo Matter. Yes. Love bringing you Emerge. And this is Jonathan Kirsting. We're coming from the Huntington Bank Tech Vibe Radio Podcast Studio. So much more of these conversations to have. I can't wait to have more of them. Keep downloading us. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.